Welcome back to Renaissance City. I'm Duke Walter, your Game Master. Prowlers and Paragons Ultimate Edition is a rules-light role-playing game, allowing us to be the heroes and villains. In our last episode, our heroes found themselves trapped and fighting for their lives. One of my favorite mechanics of this game is resolve and adversity. Heroes are allowed to spend resolve to re-roll, to add dice, or to just make something true. Adversity is the Game Master's version of Resolve. It allows the Game Master to let a villain escape, make something true, or just do some general badness to the heroes in play. It's a fine line to walk, but makes for some very memorable moments when used properly. We recorded this game in two different sessions. In the first session, I had just moved into a new house, so there are a few audio issues on my end. In the second part of the session, we had technical difficulties on many levels, and so the sound quality isn't exactly what I want it to be, but I also didn't want to lose the story that we had told. Seeing as we're a bunch of amateurs dealing with these technical issues, I did the best that I could to salvage the audio and present you with something we're proud of. As always, don't forget to visit ttrptheater.com or search TTRP Theater on YouTube for all of our content. Demon Shade is played by Jazz Abramowitz. Cotton Dearborn and King are played by Chris Freedom. The Scarlet Spartan is Dean Martin Jr. All right, let's get into the show. You all had been investigating the salt mines under Detroit in hopes of finding clues or even the rest of the Bernstein brothers. You found yourselves at someone's personal study, um, had investigated multiple things about it, inside it, around it, and found yourselves trapped as dozens and dozens of attendants led by Frenzy, or I'm guessing what you assume is a mimic that is impersonating Frenzy, streamed down the stairway and into your area and overran you um, and knocked you all unconscious with some form of um, some form of nerve gas. King. You find yourself flying. The terrain below you stretches out in an endless desert. Ahead of you, the sun is rising on the horizon, and you can see three tall spired buildings silhouetted against the sun. They glisten as if made of metal. You are wearing an armored chest plate. Pauldrons cover each shoulder. All of it is inlaid with lines and decoration formed with a purple crystal of some sort. 
you look around and you see two others flying along with you. The one on your left is a large red feathered bird man, streaks of black and black tips at the ends of the feathers on their wing. They wear armor similar to yours. On your right, the head of a goat, black as night, wings sprouting from their shoulders similar to yours. They also wear the same armor as you. You continue streaking through the sky with your companions toward these three towers. You know this place. This is your home. What? The word Iathra comes to your mind. That is the name of this world. You fly faster and faster, and in your head you hear a voice. What shall we do, Typhus? You are Typhus. You are the leader of a rebel band who has been fighting for decades to uproot an alien power that came to take over Iathra. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I apologize, Duke. My, my mind is blown. I'm processing. What did the guy say to me again? <laughs> I mean, he's basically asking. Where to? Yeah, where to? And, and what did he call him? Typhus. Typhus. You know that the, the city ahead of you is known as Bright Anchor. Is it a city that my people occupy or the enemy? You have people in the city. Um, and you know that there is um, there is a flanking for there is a force that will uh, flank from the west as the the main force will enter from the south. The warrior on your left, his name is Push. The warrior on your right, his name is Blink. Push, Blink, and I are going to the city to evaluate our next move. As you fly forward and get closer, you can see um, you can see the vastness of the army um, as it is moving through the desert. You can see the dust um, from the from the marching people, the horses, um, from the the cavalry, from from the um, siege engines that that are moving toward Bright Anchor. The city is walled, and these three spires in the center. You can see carved into the top of them the same three masks that you saw on the statues. I'm saying this meta. The same three masks that you saw on the statues in the office before you all were subdued. For clarity, do I have a working knowledge of my history? Or do I have five minutes and just names and familiarity? What do you want to know? Well, nothing in particular. I just wonder how, I mean, if I'm acting as if I'm knowledgeable or if I'm acting as if I'm lost here. Are, are you, oh, you mean for yourself as your character? Yeah. I, as you are, as you are experiencing these things, they are coming back to you. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like a little bit of an amnesia thing and it's, yeah, right on. You know, this is familiar. You're home. But you, you know what I mean? It's not, yeah. it's not as if you can, you know, jump back to memories from five years ago. Yeah. Or even five weeks ago. 
Okay. And these, these troops are my troops. This is troops I lead. Yes. Got it. Okay. Just making sure I wasn't looking at the enemy. These are your troops. Hey, push. What's the battle plan? What's our next move? You had instructed the main force to assault from the south. So we are moving in from the south, Typhus. The three of us, we are to wait for the battle to begin. And we are going to attempt to take the Golden Tower. Obviously. I don't mean what I already told you. I mean after that. Well, if we are successful and are able to infiltrate the Golden Tower and find Echo, hopefully we can at least negotiate a way to peace. And if not, then, as you said, we will do with him as need done. Remind me not to go to war with someone that relies on if we will win or hopes for a positive outcome. We don't go to war unless we're going to win. Push kind of just damn stops talking and just keeps going ahead. You hear blink. Now, that's not very fair of you. He's just repeating your words. What's gotten into you, Typhus? Get the dude's head off. We must be focused. Echo is too powerful for us to be split amongst ourselves. I'm focused. Let's get this thing underway. And on that, we're going to jump to Raymond. You sit at a small fire. The smell of forest floor, fresh after a rain, and the sweet smoke of fruit wood and burning leaves fills the air. The bright colors of Mayheim are muted in the mix of firelight and the light of the rising. Oh, wow. You look up from the fire and across from you sits Yega, a yin ashaki from the south of Taifala, which in English is the great forest. She wears robes and rope sandals, and her long dark hair seems to be crawling with small animals of some sort, the effect only made stranger in the moving firelight. Jinni, your youngest daughter, is also there. Her yellow and red streaked hands hold long twigs as she traces something in the dirt and ash. She bites her bottom lip in concentration, using both hands to draw. A loud crack from a log on the fire catches her attention and breaks her concentration. She looks up and sees you looking at her, and she smiles. She looks back down at her drawing and runs her foot across the ground, erasing her work. She starts drawing something else, just out of your sight. You know that the ranger will start soon, and Jinni has just passed her first cycle. She will be entering the ceremony, and she will be the youngest participant this go-around. Where's my brain? I mean, am, am I just here in the moment, or do I recall, you know, like, am I coming to waking up to the I, the reality that I may be home, or... Have I always been here? Was that a dream? I mean, where's my brain at? What was my time on Earth? How is that playing in my head right now? Tell me, how is it playing in your head right now? I don't know what reality I'm in. This is a this is a mind fuck. I want you I want you to roll willpower, please. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. 
Whoa, that was tripping me out. Yeah, six dice, Bubba. Hot dice, baby. Come on. Mm, three of six. No, two. Two of six. I don't know that you know this is a dream. Okay. Or that you believe that this is a mind fuck of some sort. I think that you believe that you are here. Somehow, some way. I'm here after being on Earth for seven years. Is that real in my mind? That those seven years? Is it? It is? Oh, mind fucking myself here. <laughs> okay, he's just gonna just soak it up. Just bear witness. You know, he's just smell, listen, look, you know, just He's just going to bear witness. He's just going to take soak it all in, mostly watching that baby. You see her drawing. How do I remember her from before? How big was she? You left half. It was halfway through first cycle. So this is a time travel, right? She was she she, she was barely she was very young, right? OK, like half her age right now. Like if she's seven, she was about three. So I was gone. Yega stands up and comes over and sits next to you. You seem distant. I traveled. I I was on a, a far away world. The last time I had consciousness, I have been away from this place, have I not? From this place? From which place are you referring? Home. We have been camping here four nights. I have never left this place. No, oh, Raymond, I am. I have been gone. I have lived a life away from here. A spell was cast upon me. This isn't madness. Jeannie looks up. She smiles. I'm gonna ask her, do, do, do you see it? Do you see it, child? I see the stars in your eyes. They are brighter than they were. I've been away from here. My God. What is it? I left this world. Where did you go? Atop the temple. What happened afterwards? The stories that are told of you, you made a name for all of us that day. You struck down their sorcerers from Great distances. Rikma. You fearlessly walked those stairs and dared to face that dark power. And you overcame. Well, something happened. I must have hit my head or something. I don't remember a moment from then. These last seasons, I don't remember a moment from then. My brain, my mind went somewhere else. I created a universe in my head or something. I, I was not here. I do not know what I had for breakfast today on this world. But on Earth, I had a bowl of oranges and nuts. We ate bomba root. That's what I'm telling you. I was somewhere else. No, you were, you were here. Regardless, let's put our heads together. All right, we all put our heads together. We're all, we all 
have skullets, remember? Right. Yeah, and this is how we, this is how we, you know, I don't know, hug, stand together, and put, put our hands together. This is embrace. You just want to, you just want to feel the touch um, of your daughter and and of um, your your fellow. What's the name of your people? Jakari, right? Is that what this is? It, it's the embrace of our people. We we touch skulls, the bald parts. <laughs> When the three of you put your heads together, Raymond, you have a flashback, for lack of a better word, and you see yourself jettisoned into that black magic, into that smoke from the top of that tower. I remember it clearly. You never forget something like that. And then you see something from Genie's point of view you see yourself walking up to your home and through her eyes she is watching you out a window and you you seem you know what I mean like you're uncomfortable like you're kind of moving your shoulders or something and you shake your left hand and kind of flex out your fingers and when you flex out your fingers, she sees your hand kind of turn this mottled gray and then go back to red. Alabaster. Oh. oh! Okay. Nice hang. There we go. I'm mutant, baby. Good luck. You sit at a poker table. The smell of tobacco and cannabis mix with the damp underground room. You're at a round table with three others, and you can hear muted jazz music in the background. Ashtray Bobby sits across from you. To your right sits Jules. To your left sits Lawton Whitingale. Lawton expertly shuffles the deck, moving the cards fluidly from hand to hand. Ante up, gentlemen, if you care to play this hand. Bobby and Jules both put in their ante. A white poker chip. I'll see the bet. Lawton deals five cards all the way around. Quickly, expertly placed right at your hands. You pick up the cards. You have a pair of sevens. Bobby puts out a green chip. I'll take three. Jules, I'll call. May I have one card, please? Lawton, well, young man, looks like everyone is in. How many cards do you want? I'll throw in a green chip to uh, match Bobby's and ask for three cards, please, Dad. I'm... I'm sorry? I'll take three, please. Did you... Re- did you just refer to me as Dad? I... Yes, sir. Must be the smoke in the air getting to you, young man. Lawton, I'll see the bet, and I'll raise. And he adds two more green chips and takes two cards for himself. You are dealt back another seven, the Jack of Hearts, and the Queen of Spades. Ashtray Bobby? Nah. Ain't got it. Jules looks around the table. Hmm. I'll see that bet. Call. It goes to you, Alabaster. I'll also see the bet and call. I want you to roll five D6, please, and tell me how many successes you get. Ooh, I got a poker dice. 
Nice. I'm going to use that one for sure. All right, here we go. Uh, five total. So everybody puts down their hands. Jules has three of a kind, but has three fours. Lawton has two pair. You win the hand. Ooh. I'll uh, take the chips into my pile. Quite lucky, young man. Quite lucky. If you say. W- uh, what is it you do, young man? Says Jules. Well, right now I'm I'm just learning about shipping and industry. Really? That's my business. I'm also in trade. Hmm. Who is it that you work for? Well, I haven't so much got a job yet, but uh, I'm working on it. Well, if the night goes right, perhaps uh, we can have a sit down later this week. Uh, that, that. Oh my god, are we making fucking job offers here? Deal the goddamn cards. Ashtray Bobby blows a big puff of smoke out across the table. You looking at my mouth, motherfucker? Are you talking to me? I didn't even notice. Is there something up with your mouth? I look over at Lawton. He's a bit sensitive. Don't, don't let him throw you off. He's just trying to intimidate you a bit. That's all. It's his, um... It's his tell when he's uncomfortable at the table. Isn't that right, Bobby? Fuck you. Cards get dealt out again. Jules puts in for a nickel. The bet's to you. Um, I want you to roll five dice and tell me how many you get. Tell me, yeah, tell me how many successes you have. Uh, Two successes. You are sitting on an ace-king and then a nine, a seven, and a six. Different suits or? Yes. Okay. Ace King nine seven six. Are you gonna Are you gonna match the bet? He put in a nickel. Yeah, I'll put in a nickel. Lawton matches the bet. How many cards? I'll take four. If you take four, you might as well fold, son. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. All right, it's your funeral. Okay. Um, goes around the table. Lawton takes. Lawton calls the bet. Takes two cards. Uh, Ashtray Bobby folds. Ah, he got shit. Back to Jules. He bets another nickel. It's to you, Alabaster. What four cards did I get? Oh, sorry. Uh, roll, roll five d six, and tell me how many successes you get. Two, three total. You end up with an ace and a pair of tens. All right. So I have two pair right now. No, you have one pair. Well, I had a, I had a king ace, so you didn't ask me what I kept back. So I kept back the ace. Right. So you oh. have... Right. So you kept back the ace. So you got... If I got yeah, dealt an ace and two tens, then I have two pair. No, no, no. No, I assume you kept the ace. When you, when you throw down four cards in five-card poker, you better fucking keep the ace. Well, <laughs> of course. <laughs> You always All right, keep so the I ace. got a pair of tens ace high, is what you're telling me. You have a pair of tens ace high, okay, yes. Got it. Um, I'll match the, the nickel and call. Lawton is going to Well, I mean that that's a pretty cheap pot. And he's gonna he's gonna raise fifty cents. Well, that's too rich for me in Jules Folds. What about you, young man? I would like to make a perception roll to see if Lawton has any tells. Okay. Roll perception. 
what would my perception be at this time in my life? Um, so you have put yourself back to what? 19? Yeah. Right. Something like that. What was your, what was your initial perception score when we first came up with uh, your character? Do you remember? Six dice? I want to say six. Yeah. I want to say it was six. Go with six. All right. Let's see what daddy's showing. One, two, three, four total successes. Yes, you notice that his his left pinky finger, um, that he taps it, he kind of flicks the bottom of his cards. You've noticed that he does that sometimes. Have I noticed that when he's bluffing or when he's thinks he's got something good? When he thinks he has something good. I'll fold. Lawton rakes in the chips. Well, <clears throat> Looks like I win again. That's how you do it, old man. Always winning. Always winning. Well, I mean, I would say that I like to I like to think that I'm always winning, but, you know, there are ups and downs in life. You'll figure that out. There's always something about being young, you know, the lack of perspective. You think that the world is at your fingertips. Mm, seems to me, sir, that you've got it all figured out. I hope one day to have it as figured out as you do. Do you believe that this is your dad? Do you believe that this is Ashtray Bobby? Do you believe that this is Jules? I feel like um, I, in the moment, I have no reason to not believe it. Okay. I want you to roll willpower, please. It feels like a flashback to me, I think. Willpower. Seven. One, two, three, three total. Do you remember playing a poker game? I don't remember. Against your dad? I don't remember playing a poker game against my dad ever. And especially not with Jules and Ashtray Bobby. Well, you know how memories are. Yeah. In fact, I I always kept my We're dreaming. gambling habits a secret from my father and from the rest of the family. So how does that make you feel? Now I feel anxious, like I don't know where I am or what I'm doing here. And I'm going to try and wake up. Cotton, you stand on the steps of the post office. You have a bundle of mail in your hand. It's all addressed to your mother. You are coming down the steps as a horse and buggy comes clomping down the street in front of you. Moderate amount of people walking up and down the sidewalk on both sides of the street. You've picked up your mother's mail. You're on your way to her house for dinner. You get on the streetcar and normally this time of day there are quite a few people. But it's just you, the driver, and one other man. The man has his back turned to you as you get on. You know, they have the seats on facing both directions, facing front and, and rear. Wearing a coat with the collar kind of pulled up, dark hair, and you know that the ride's about 10 minutes before you get to your stop. You hear the ring of the bell, and it lurches forward. What do you do? I'm going to watch the guy. Watch the guy closely and uh, wait for my stop. The bundle of mail is larger than normal. You've been away and 
haven't collected the mail for your mom in almost three weeks. And as you are sitting there, you realize that um, one of the letters is in a very familiar hand. It's in the pen um, of your cousin, Daniel, and it's addressed to your mother, but there's no return address. And it's a fairly heavy envelope. You get to your stop. I assume you get off and start walking towards your mom's house. Yeah, before I get off, I want to I wanna feel what that dude's feeling. He's giving me the creeps. Roll your telepathy. Two. <laughs> Two. Um, if you're focusing just on him, he's anxious. You okay, man? I'm... I'm I'm sorry were you, were you speaking to me? Yes. I was. Just want to make sure you're doing okay. I yes. Yes, I'm 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 fine. I'm fine. Thank you. You need any help? No, sir, I do not. Roll person. Well, acting like such a fucking weirdo. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Cotton, roll perception. <laughs> All right. Cotton's perception is a four. I got three ones and a six and a six and a two. So I got three. As he turned um, to look at you, you notice a a holster under his right shoulder um, inside his jacket. You just you see the you see the holster in the butt of a gun. Hey, uh, listen, I, I just sensed that you weren't feeling good checking on you. What's with the firepower? He kind of grabs both sides of his jacket and tucks it closed, and folds his arms across his chest. Why you got so many questions, bud? Let's just say I like to make sure things are secure. Huh. Nope, all good here. Going about my business, you should do the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll do whatever I please. Good day to you, sir. I'm going to pause long enough to give him a chance to retort, because, I mean... Maybe, hopefully he will, but my plan is to exit if he doesn't create any problems. You exit, he does not retort. The streetcar starts to pull away, but you see him get off, like right as the streetcar pulls past, you know what I mean, just starts to pick up some speed. You see him quickly leap off the side of the streetcar. All right, I'm going to make like I'm going my own way, keep an eye on him and slowly gravitate back in a direction to follow him undetected. Roll covert. Zero. <laughs> well, here's what you get. You're you're standing there, you know, watching him, and you start to, instead of heading towards your mom's, you know, you, you head across the street, and he just stands there and watches you, and then he crosses the street. And you keep walking, and he just keeps walking opposite you on the other side of the street and every once in a while he looks over at you doesn't say anything just like a quick glance but he's almost mirroring wherever it is that you go if you take a left and he quickly catches up so that you can see him at least in your peripheral if not turning your head to look at him i want to use mind control to make him walk the other direction Give me a roll. How many dice is that? Um, I got a five out of seven. Five successes? Yeah. How do you word it? What do you say this person's... This motherfucker 
wheels on his left heel <laughs> and without looking back marches in the other direction was it was it graceful or did it seem oh no it was like it was like an automaton it was like a not not like an attendant but like a he was he was following my command he had no free will in it and he walks away i'm going to stand there and watch him walk away and just make sure and make sure that he what i still don't know if i need to engage with this guy if he's a threat if he's a concern of mine so i'm just going to make sure that when he does regain free will that he's not still trying to persist that he's not becoming a nuisance to me that he's not creating some problem I need to solve. You have successfully turned this person around and they are walking away from you down the street. You have the bundle of mail in your hands and do you make your way to your mom's? Uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go an odd way so I can make sure he's not naturally going to come back and follow me if he turns back around. Taking a couple of extra lefts, um, walking a little bit out of your way takes you, you know, an extra what, 10 or 12 minutes to, to get to your mom's and you, uh, you arrive on the front porch. Ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yes. Yes. So, uh, mail in hand, you ring the doorbell. You're standing there on the porch and the door opens and Joseph Bernstein answers the door. He's wearing a lanyap. Damn right he is. Oh well, hello, young man. Come on in. We were just uh, we were just getting dinner ready. Honey, Cotton's here. Um, why are you here, dude? Well, it's it's Thursday. Uh, your your mother said you were coming for dinner. Come on in. Do you want to do, do you want a drink? I'm gonna need one. Wh what do you take? You want the you want the clear stuff or you want the dark stuff? Clear. And he walks over to a little table, a little side table uh, in the dining room and, and pours you pours you a cocktail um, and hands you a glass, pours himself one, pours a third glass and um, hands you one, picks up the third glass and walks it into the kitchen. And you see your mother walk out of the kitchen and he hands her a glass. Oh, Cotton, I'm so glad you're here. Are you hungry? Sure, Mom. Why is... Mr. Bernstein here. Well, it's Thursday, honey, and you said you were coming for dinner. Okay. Oh, is that my mail? How do you know him? How do how do I know How do I know Joe? Yes. Honey, I, are you feeling okay? Clearly not. Let me let me go. Let me get a washcloth. I'm going to get you a cold washcloth. Go sit down on the sofa, honey. I, you're a little flush. And Joseph puts his drink down on the dining room table and, and walks over to you. And uh, 
just have a seat, Cotton. Uh, I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure that you you are feeling very well. Uh, let me let me get you a little let me get you a little water. Maybe in, instead of the booze. Let it be. I'm fine. Where'd you get that hat? Oh, I I've had this uh I don't know. Couple years now. There's this great uh, haberdashery out on Gross Point. Um Oh gosh, what's the place called? Uh Shimamano's? I think that's what it's called. Interesting. Yes, yeah, Shimamano's. That's right. You like it? It's a good one. It's uh it's got a really silly name. Um It's called a lanyap. Right? <laughs> a little extra. A little extra. Oh, you you know what that means. I get it. Yes, um I had a I had a presentation and this guy, I mean I I, I had gone out there just to um I'd been pointed in in the shop's direction and went out there and and boy, uh let me tell you that Shimamino, he uh he he really knows how to sell a hat. Let me tell you that. I walked out I walked out of there with three different hats and I'll bet I've been back there once a month ever since. How do you know my mom? Cotton, I've been married to your mom for three years. No, you haven't. <laughs> How does that make you feel? What emotion is Cotton experiencing? Confused, enraged. Okay. Um, I want you to roll willpower, please. Please. Willpower, three. Which Bernstein was this? Joseph. Joseph. Damn. I got a one. Um, you're very angry and quite confused. Cotton, you went from flush to bright red. Are you sure? You sure you don't have a fever or something? You should be dead. That's not a very nice thing to say. I don't mean it to be nice. I don't trust you. I don't like the fact that you're here. And I'm not comfortable with it. Cotton, where's this coming from? You seem to... Uh... What's your association with the Purple Gang? I don't... I don't have any association with any purple gang. What about the Blue Man Group? Well, I mean, you know, that's that's my weekend trio, but um, we perform down at the, uh, you know, the, the Madison Bear Garden. But I'm going to... Hold on, just, just stay right there. Honey? Your mom walks back in. She's got, a, like, a small um, porcelain dish. And you see her and she takes a, a little rag out of it, a little washcloth out of it and squeezes it and comes up and she's kind of patting your face with it, you know, looking very concerned. And you see Joseph go off and pick up the telephone. I get up and go and hang up the phone. You're not calling anyone right now. We're going to get to the bottom of this without any of your buddies. I'm trying to call you a doctor. Cotton. I don't need a doctor. I'm pretty sure that you do. I want to I want to try to perceive if I'm hallucinating or in a dream. Like I feel like something's wrong and I know it. Okay. Roll willpower. Jesus. 5 out of 3. No, just 5. There's no out of 3, just 5. No, I have 3 dice. I got a 5. Right. You rolled five successes, right? Yes. Yeah. So five successes. Nice. 
there is a humming in your ears, Cotton, and your eyes open to a very bright light above you. And as your eyes open and you 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 come to consciousness, um, the hum the hum gets much much louder. You cannot move. You you are held down by some set of straps, force. You you re- you really can't tell. You seem you seem paralyzed in some way. Can I tr- use perception or investigation try to see what I can figure out? Yeah. Which roll roll perception. Two successes. You can hear a muffled voice. It, it. And there's definitely going to be this in. But you don't recognize it, and you can't really make out what it is that they're saying. Raymond. Ah. Damn it. What? Okay. No, I just wanted to figure out what was happening to him. You pull back from touching he- touching heads with uh, Genie and Yega. Um, after you had seen the vision from the perspective of your daughter, tell me how how does that play against your confusion about being gone? Okay, they're talking as if she hasn't gone on her ranger yet, but I was there, and she stayed out for months with a Manx boy, and uh, the Manx decided it was time to retrieve him. And they had every intention of killing the both of them. And we intercepted them and killed the Manx instead. And uh, Raymond adopted the boy. She should be older. But she is not. You are sitting or you standing, you know, whatever, you know, after your, you know, after you, the three of you touched heads and uh, shared this memory, you had your vision this you know this memory of of you from Jeannie's perspective walking up to the house except your hand she watched your hand turn into this well you also watched it uh, through her eyes your hand turned into this mottled gray and then back into your hand the bright red that it is <clears throat> make my stomach turn I'll ask you again how how does that memory play against your confusion about being because you you know you have told Yega that you were gone for many cycles uh, seems like that it. you lived on a different planet but yet now you're back and you're here before Genie has gone on her ranger even though you have a very specific memory of Genie going on ranger what do you do I don't know that he wants to talk to him anymore. He doesn't trust anything. So you just sit in silence? Jaeger. Yes, Raymond? Who do you have with you? Who's crawling in your hair? Some are my children. Some are the children of Iliawe. Uh, Some are the children of Bansa. Some are the children of Rude. They're orphaned. They are? 
damn, how many, how many, how many you got crawling in there? Last count was um, 51. She got 51 climbing through her hair. Raymond, it has, it, it has been, it has been a long season. We, we have lost many. Raymond's going to put his hand up to her head. See if they'll climb down his arm. Um, yeah, as you as you put your hand up to um, on her shoulder and and um, you know spread your fingers amongst her hair, they they look like very very small um, people, right? Right. They are the babies uh, born of your world and of your people, and she has been fostering them as uh, many of the Ashaki do. When children are born and um, are born as orphans, and you have uh, roll me two d six. Hot dice, come on, baby. Eight. You have um, eight of them that begin crawling down your hand um, and across your arm, and uh, making their way up your arm, across your shoulder, and into your hair. Oh. All right. How does that play against his memory? Those five individuals have passed. You you mean as in, were you aware that they had passed away previously, that they had been killed or had died in battle or and such? Right, had they died beside me? You tell me, had they? Let's roll. Give me intellect. Roll intellect. Mm. Come on, baby. We need something. Okay, three. Eliawe and Ruda um, had both been with you. Uh, at the temple, and um, as far as you knew, um, they were both fine when you left. The other three you were you were familiar with, but you don't know what their fate was, um, one way or the other. Are we speaking the native tongue? Yes, obviously. Jenny, what is this? What is what, Father? What is this? What's happening? We're having one more fire together before I head to Ranger. You promised that we would spend this time together, and that's what we are doing. Yeah. Jaeger, take these little ones and go. Go where, Raymond? Somewhere else. Why are you sending me away? We'd like alone time, thank you. Respect. And she, um, she gathers up her robe. You see her pull her hair up, um, you know, into a big bun on top of her head, um, and pulls the hood up and over and covers and uh, walks away from the fire and out uh, into the woods. And disappears amongst the growth. Okay, he's going to get on the level with this kid. He's he going to get on the same level with her and just look in her eyes. What are you looking for? He's going to think, see if she reads his mind. I'm asking a question in my mind, staring at her in the eye. What question are you asking? Do you know? You hear back. I know. I know many things. That's the wrong answer, G. <clears throat> what is the right answer then, Father? It's always the same. I love you to the last beat, the last breath. What are you? 
I am the fifth of your line. I am... I am the daughter of... Raymond. I... I, I don't... I don't know. I've gone somewhere. I'm all mixed up. I gotta go see the Ashkari. You just sent her away. No, we gotta go see the rest of them. Full council. Climb on. Father, that's a two-day hike. I leave for the ranger in in a matter of moments. Not today. The rising the rising is hap I can't, I you would take me from the rising? You would take me from my ranger? Oh, this is all screwing his brain up. Why? What is it that you think the council needs from you? I haven't been here. I left. Where have you been? At a different time. Where have you been? Detroit. You say that word, and I want you to roll willpower, please. Oh, shit. Detroit. Okay, we got a couple of them. Come on, baby. We need some hot dice. Uh, not so hot. Two of them. And, and you are still telepathically communicating with G. This isn't being spoken out loud. Not unlike the Ashaki, right? Right. She's in my head. An image flashes in your mind. It is of a tower, golden, bathed in sunlight, and you can see someone. You can't necessarily identify the person. You can see someone standing in this wide room and it's almost as if as if your vision is is circling around them right like you're flying um, around the room and you see this kind of 360 vision and out in in the distance behind them you see nothing but desert and they stand alone in this in this room inside this golden tower and you feel a jolt from G uh, where is that father Ketchobayega. Ranger. I gotta feed the dogs. I'm gonna tap her head to head. I'm like, you know? You know? And then he's gonna... He's just gonna dash. And as you run away, you hear in your mind... To the last beat. To the last breath. I got... I got some bad mojo. I gotta get away from that kid, man. What the fuck? Alabaster. Get ready for the mind fuck. <laughs> it is your deal at the table. Raymond really w- wants in on this game. Am I in um, shadow gear? Or am I dressed as Alabaster? No, you've been, you've been as Alabaster this whole time. Do you feel like you should be in shadow gear? No, I just... I just um, no, because it's like it's like my father and stuff, and everybody's been calling me Alabaster, right? Correct. So I want to look Ashtray Bobby directly in the mouth. Yes, you do. That's beautiful. Let me make a roll here. Oh, son of a bitch. Three fives, a three, and two ones. Okay. Um, tell me what happens when you look Ashtray Bobby square in the mouth. So Alabaster looks... Ashtray Bobby square in the mouth, expecting some sort of reaction, of course. 
and Ashtray Bobby just smiles as if nothing's changed or he's not offended. And so Alabaster kicks the table over. Uh, which direction do you kick the table over? So it's straight at Ashtray Bobby since he's directly across from you? Correct. Okay. Oh, nice. Roll might. One, two, three, total. Okay, uh, you narrate it and I will embellish. So Alabaster looks Ashtray Bobby straight in the mouth expecting some sort of reaction. Ashtray Bobby just smiles plaintively as if nothing's changed or he's not offended. So Alabaster stands up, puts his hands under the card table, flips it up into the air, and then uh, kicks it across the room right at Ashtray Bobby. It smashes into Ashtray Bobby, who falls down on the floor. Meanwhile, uh, Jules and Alabaster's father are completely freaked out, I'm guessing. Nice. So. Nice move. Yeah, the table goes flying. Um, Lawton very deftly and very quickly uh, gets out of the out of the way, up from his chair and out of the way from the table. Um, and Jules is uh, pushed back um, and falls backwards in his chair and is is slowly trying to get himself up off the floor. Ashtray Bobby is obviously angry. Hey, Kay, what the fuck is wrong with you? Huh? What the fuck is wrong with you? Alabaster pounces on him and starts smashing him in the face with his fists. Roll might. Yes. Hot dice. One, two, three. Three total again. I also rolled three successes. So you won't do any harm, but you narrate and I'll embellish. He says, kid, what the fuck is wrong with you? Alabaster says, what the fuck is wrong with you? Pounces on him like a cat, sits flat on his chest, and just starts smashing with his fists towards his face. But Ashtray Bobby's got his hands up, and he's just kind of deftly um, glancing the blows um, off of his arms. So it's not really doing any harm. And as Ashtray Bobby is, you know, just keeping his hands up in front of his face, um, you can't seem to connect Lawton. Uh, comes over and and grabs you by the shoulders in your jacket and and lifts you up and back off of Ashtray Bobby um, and kind of shoves you away and turns you around so that you're face-to-face with Lawton. Something ain't right here. That's not Bobby. That is 100% Bobby. Who are you? Who am I? You don't know who I am? I... I kick him square in the nuts. Um, okay. Roll might. Four, which is a six. Come on, keep counting. Four total, four total. Well, I rolled four successes with two sixes and rolled two more successes. So I rolled six. You kick out Alabaster. You know, who the fuck are you? And you kick out. Lawton swiftly moves to the side, grabs your foot, sweeps your leg out from under you, puts you on the ground, and then puts you in a in a knee lock, has his arms twisted around your lower leg, um, and, and binds you up in a knee lock on the floor. Kid, you picked the wrong man to fuck with. I don't know who you are, and I don't know where, what you're doing with me, but this is not real. 
Roll willpower, please. Kick ass. Three total. I'm all about threes today. Threes and threes and threes. You hear a hum. Like your ears start to kind of fill with this hum. But the pain um, of the of the twisting of your knee has you has you focused on Lawton. Um, and you see Jules stand up and pulls a, a small pistol from inside his jacket and points it at you. Now listen, kid. I don't know if you're trying to rob us. You don't seem the type. What's your intention here? We're just looking to settle a debt with the Bernsteins. Who is we? Myself and a couple of compadres who you no doubt have trapped in here somewhere. I came here for a card game and you have um, perfectly ruined that, young man. You can drop this bullshit. You're not the jewels I know. That is not Lawton Whitingale. That certainly is an ashtray, Bobby. I don't know what game you're playing. I don't know if you're the shapeshifters that we encountered down here, but I got no beef with you directly unless you're standing in my fucking way. Roll willpower. Five total. That hum comes back, and your eyes open, and you seem paralyzed in place, and you can see a very bright light above you. Ugh. It consumes all of your vision. You aren't in any pain, um, but you are definitely um, held in place. Do I Am I held in place by a um, wire coming out of the back of my neck, and I, am I suspended in gelatinous goo? You cannot tell. <laughs> King, you push and blink, continue to fly toward Bright Anchor. As you streak forward, um, the battlefield becomes apparent. And while you cannot see um, the forces flanking from the south, you know that they are there. As you begin to hear some chatter in your ears, some of the radio communication um, happening between the different lieutenants and such, as well as um, your friends, Push and Blink, are also communicating down to the battlefield as well. You see... Well, you see a multitude of, of troop types, as well as vehicles and siege engines. You see some large, some large beasts being ridden by humanoids of some sort. You also see several other large groups of flyers, not unlike yourself, uh, push and blink on both organic um, as well as um, technological wings. They are moving in, in a harmony of some sort, you can see. Um, you can also see the, for, the, the forces um, of Bright Anchor building up and you, and you start to see some projectiles coming from, from the walls as well as the interior of Bright Anchor itself. Some seem to be almost like um, catapulted, uh, stones and that sort, but but you also see projectiles that seem to have some sort of propulsion behind them. Um, so there is this mix of levels of technology in and amongst uh, both armies um, that are currently engaging in this battle. You see a rush of infantry, and the three of you are flying in toward Bright Anchor. Do you wish to... Um, knowing... knowing 
that uh, Blink had talked to you about advancing and trying to find Echo. Do you wish to fly through the battle? Do you want to fly around it? Do you want to move up? Do you want to? How do you? How do you want to approach? Let's fly straight to the source of our the guy we're trying to get. Let's just fly straight to the Golden Tower. Roll flight. Four. Ooh, damn. Five successes, and three of them are sixes. One, two more sixes. So that's seven successes. That is eight successes with another six. That is nine successes for your boys for push and blink. You know, the the city is consumed with this battle. And so tell me, and feel free to put anything and everything that you want to into this. Um, You're not going to... You're not going to destroy any, um, and whatever questions you have, I will answer them. But please tell me, um, tell me about getting to the Golden Tower and where you end up. I reach out my paws on both sides and motion forward and push and blink follow suit. We're flying at a high rate of speed. We've elevated a little higher off the ground to avoid projectiles. And as we're going... There are three enemy combatants uh, on wing headed our direction in a hurry, and they're clearly targeting us. I'm just focused on the prize. Push and Blink have spotted them. They seem to be fulfilling their role as protectors. And as those three others arrive, Push focuses his eyes and some sort of not like a modern laser, but something seems to come out of the space where his eyes are and seems to just chop two of the guys in half and they fall from the sky. What? And the third one's still coming. Blink just puts himself in between me and the third one, puts out a hand and is able to incapacitate him with just the force of his mind and he seems to lose the ability to fly and falls panicking to the ground. And without missing a beat, we continue on and make it to the outside of the building. Hell yeah, you do. The three of you, you, you make your way straight through. That was fucking dope, by the way. Um, I'm all about that. Dude, you must think we're schlubs. <laughs> oh my God. That was wicked. Yeah, that was great. You thought it was great. I was there. That shit was fucking rad. So you you streak past these um, these enemy combatants. They are taken out by your by your compatriots, and um, you end up twenty five stories up on this building. Um, as the intel that you have, you will likely find Echo somewhere around the the sixtieth floor of the building. You can enter. However you like. You tell me how you would prefer to enter the building. Is it smash and grab? Are you trying to be, um, you know what I mean? Are, are you trying to, to work your way in? Are you, you know, what, what's your, what, what are you thinking, King? Push, how does, your, how does your power work on glass? Can you get us in without being detected? I can do my best. It will be. Give um, it a shot. Let's, let's go to the 69th and we'll come down. Ah, fucking children. 
<laughs> so I mean, right. actually, there's some strategy to that. Like with somewhere around the 60th, I want to intellectually be above it so that I can come down. So I'm in the 60s. There you go. So the 69th floor, that's the top floor because it's the best. Uh, it's the best number. Clearly. And the three of you fly up to to one of I mean, because this thing just seems to be made of glass. Right. You can there. there's a mirror finish on the outside of it. But clo- up close um, with, with where you are, you can fly around until you can kind of see inside. And um, you walk up and push makes a motion with his wing. There's a an entire section of of the glass that um, is removed and is flung out behind you and, and flies away from the building and, and falls silently i'm sure it makes noise when it hits but it's 69 but it's 69 floors away yep it is almost it is almost 700 feet down whatever 750 feet down and yeah no 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 one up here would hear it so you want to make your way inside yeah so let's go let's i think honestly our best bet is just to stick together let's find a way stealthily down and we'll clear one floor at a time until we get to where we need to be. Okay. Um, this floor is pretty wide open. There's a small seating area around one side. Off on your far right, um, there's um, several tables and chairs and kind of a um, what looks like a dining area of some sort. Um, and then there is to the side there's a there's a shaft that seems to be perhaps an elevator shaft of some sort but it's kind of a is it, it se- safe to assume there's a shaft on one end and a tunnel on the other on this 69th floor you haven't seen a tunnel yet but you can roll investigation okay. <laughs> i'm okay let's just focus on the shaft is the entrance to the shaft surrounded by two giant circular objects no it is not those are those are much lower. <laughs> All right, please let's continue. Um, so you make your way over, and there's there's a set of buttons next to it. Um, <laughs> you can push one of the two buttons to to either um, go up or go down. Up or down inside the shaft? No, I guess it would just be down because this is the top floor. So there there would just be a down button. Uh, you walk up, and there is a down button. Um, next to the next to the elevator shaft on the 69th floor. Nice. And so you're going down into the shaft. Correct. You're going down on the shaft. He's in the shaft from the 69th <laughs> He's floor. Going yes. down. He's going down. Is it actually the G button? The G spot? <laughs> no, you'll see. You'll see the G. The ground floor. You'll see the G when you get inside the elevator. You have to, but you have to really get inside first. That that won't that won't happen. First, you just gotta, you know, you gotta push the you gotta push the right button first before you can actually get to the G button. You sort of have to arch your your body in a come hither style of way. Come hither. <laughs> What's everything smell like? <laughs> I have a I have an extreme sense of smell. I want to roll for smell. <laughs> roll yeah, roll your super smell. Sure, why not? We, go. we haven't gone down these roads in a minute. Come on, baby. Hot dice. Hot dice. Roll them all. Keep counting. Six. 
sticks. Yes. Um, there is a, uh, there is a definite Dracar Noir in here. Um, there's, <laughs> there's some, some rose water. There's a bit of like, um, oh, what was that? It's like, um, oh shit, spearmint and eucalyptus. And then as you cross over to, to the shaft itself, um, you realize <laughs> that all of those smells were, were just masking like this, this really salty kind of like musk. And um, the the air in in you know that's coming up through the shaft and around the shaft is it's really musky over there. Nice. Am I smelling any uh, signs of life on this floor or the floor below us? As as you get the smell of this musk, you you know that um, that this is the smell of the shapeshifters and. Um, it won't be difficult for you to to follow the smell, but they they have grown so much in population that it may be difficult to uh, pick them out individually, if that makes sense. Sure. Yikes. Do you hit the down button, or are you going to fly back out and try to find them on a different floor? No, we're going down. Okay. We're just going to go down one floor at a time and and observe and find them you stand there and you wait on the elevator and push is kind of uh brushing through getting the dust out of some of his feathers um blinks picking some something out of his teeth and the three of you just kind of stand there for a minute. <laughs> hey, uh, you guys geared up for a fight? Yeah, did you not see the uh, laser beam? I did. I'm kind of pumped. I'm ready to do this. <laughs> uh, let's hope it's as easy as that last one was. And the elevator shows up. You get in. You go down a floor. Are you trying to be stealthy or are you trying to be fast? Fast. Roll... Either flight or agility, depending upon how you're coming out of the elevator. Rolling flight. And I got a three. Five successes over here. So the five of you, as you come out on the 60, 68th floor, um, describe for me how the three of you come out of the elevator, please. And, and what you come across. As the door dings and slowly opens. I'm coming out in the center, push and blink are flanking me on each side and they follow me up and come up and join me. So the three of us are just shoulder to shoulder entering the room. I pull out a weapon from my pubic pocket. It's a small handgun and I'm ready to go. That pubic pocket comes in so handy. It does. It does. As I pull that handgun out toothbrushes just all over the floor <laughs> obscene how many toothbrushes were in there it's disturbing there's one thing you can say about king is that he cares about oral hygiene very much yes great teeth i was very focused on oral on the last floor but now i'm starting to focus on fighting um i see the picture 
fall out of the pubic pocket. And as it's coming down to the ground, I snatch it just before it hits the ground and stuff it back in my pubic pocket because it's important to me. And in doing so, that little brief moment of distraction, a projectile comes across the room and just comes over my head. It's where somebody had thrown, well, I'm calling it a a rock. I don't know what it was. And it flew right past me. The other two guys come in front of me to protect me. And the three of us shoulder down and charge into the group of 12 guys that are sitting there surprised by our entrance into the room. And we take out the first three with just the the shoulder strike, just knock them unconscious. And then we step back to battle. Wait, should I continue? Am I continuing the battle? Um, I mean, you just put us you just put us in a battle, so uh, we'll go to edge order. You'll go first. <laughs> Hell yeah. You took out three of the 12, so there's nine left. Okay. Um, and you're up first. What are you doing? Snarling. I'm shooting what I, like the equivalent of kneecaps. I'm disabling people or creatures, and I'm just, I'm, I'm going to try to shoot like three knees in a row. Okay. Wait. But the gun? Yeah. <laughs> Roll agility plus two dice, please. The small caliber gun. It is. I don't think King could even wield a, a small caliber gun. Well, it's made for his paw, bro. Right. Sorry, I had to switch screens. Okay, I got five agility. Plus two. Gunslinger. Seven of these. Oh, four twos and a four, so I got five. Okay, tell me how you take out five of the nine with your little pistol. Nice. And this pistol, this pistol, it has this small glass chamber. Um, and and as you Ooh. as you pull the trigger each time, there's almost like this electrical charge that builds up inside the chamber. And then, you know, that is the force that sends these projectiles out of the gun. And it it makes this this ringing sound. Um Every time you you could use jazz as sound effect. Every time, right? Every time you every time you shoot it, and it, it, there's this ringing sound that is very familiar to you. We got to get King a gun. So, I'm I'm still a little bit stunned from where the rock came unexpectedly at my head. So I'm like half ducked. I've got like the gun like sideways, and I'm crouched, and I'm just. Starting on my left, going to my right, knee level. Bring, 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 bring. And I'm just, they're just falling like dominoes. Just legs right out from under them. One after the other. Love it. Into a pile. Screaming in pain. One, two, and three sixes. Two successes, five successes, and three sixes. So, King, you fire off and push and blink in unison um, sweep out and away from you and come in from the sides also firing similar weapons and you guys quickly dispatch with this group on the 68th floor good thinking fellas that was well handled thank you for thank you for having my back you're welcome you see any sign of echo I don't next floor let's All right, let's, we- let's keep sweeping Yeah, we march on. Let's go. 67. Okay, down to the 67th floor you go. Rolling again? Yes. So are you rolling for speed or are you rolling for stealth? 
when you come out of the elevator this time? Um, I'm rolling for, I'm rolling for speed. Rolling for speed again. Okay. What's that? A, agility again? Uh, agility or flight, whichever one you prefer. Oh, flight. Oh, I got you. Okay. Five. Three of them were sixes, but they all were threes and ones after that. Five. Okay. Plus two. So tell me, uh, tell me what happens as you come out of the elevator on the 67th floor. Ding! And the door comes open. Same posture. I'm taking the lead. My two guys are flanking me on the shoulders. As we come out, there is one giant creature. And he is like, he's like the equivalent of like a VW bus. He looks like he's actually made of components, but they're organic components, but they kind of fit together like like different colors. And so it's almost as if it's multiple creatures that have combined to become one. But I've never seen anything like this before. And so we just come in shooting and I yell out, go for the eyes, because I want this thing not to be able to see us. And there are clearly four eyes on this thing. And so we all start shooting at eyes. So roll your agility plus two. Two. I'm going to give this thing eight dice. In toughness, that's fair, right? Yeah. Six, four, four, two, two, six, six, five for toughness on that thing. So that is seven so far and three sixes. Six, four, six. That is ten. <laughs> One more six. That is eleven. Damn. Jesus. That is eleven total. So you guys, you guys fire off your weapons um, and it does not seem to phase this, this creature, whatever it is. Right. It opens its mouth as if to roar and, um, a swarm of something, uh, uh, of some kind of, of insect or something comes pouring out of its mouth at you. I, I need you to roll toughness. This is a sexy creature we've created. I love it. Toughness. Seven. Okay. It's like a Manx beast. Oh, hell, I'm tough as hell today. Six. Two, three, two sixes. Four. So this swarm comes out and, and starts to uh, push at the three of you. Tell me, uh, tell me what it is that you do to resist it, as um, I only rolled three successes for the monster, and you rolled six, and I rolled four successes for push and four successes for blink. I take a step back to size up this swarm to try to understand what the risk is. And Blink puts his hand up again and throws the swarm upward. And they become disoriented and seem to kind of dissipate in different directions. Perfect. It's your turn. Tell me what you're doing. So I'm going to do my signature move and I'm going to put a paw down. And I'm going to put all my power into my back paws and I'm going to launch like a freight train right into the belly of the beast and try to puncture. Ooh, it's a signature move. Try to puncture the the abdomen that I'm calling it of this beast, the wide area below its mouth. So might, I'm assuming. Yeah. Give me that might. Yeah. Six is all day. Or I got a three. Three. Three total? Yeah, three three wins. Three successes? How yes, long please, have we been playing you. this game? 
I don't know. I just couldn't think of the word. <sighs> okay. Um, well, I rolled three fives, three ones, a two, and a three. So I rolled one Bro. success. Tell me how you do two harm. So I hunch down, put all my force through my through my hind legs, and I shoot out with one claw extended and jam my left claw into the abdomen of this creature and pull out a lump of throbbing flesh and with this look of disgust on my face kind of fling it off and try <laughs> to get it out of my fur and I'm super grossed out by it. As I'm having that moment of moderate success, Push is shooting projectiles out of his eyes and attempting to make his own hole uh, seemingly has very little success makes a mark but doesn't necessarily puncture it blink on the other side really is still more concerned with these other flying objects coming back around and becoming a problem and he's just observing and making sure that they're controlled this thing you know it feels that wound and you you rip that out it rears back and takes a swipe um, out at you since you are so close. So uh, roll toughness for me, please. Oh, damn. This is what I needed last time. I got four sixes and three threes. Seven. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this thing got two successes. So uh, feel free to tell me as this thing swipes, take over the narration, tell me what happens and, and where you end up. So his mouth kind of comes open and he inhales some breath and becomes larger as if he's going to be this massive threat. And an arm kind of comes out of the side of him that I hadn't really noticed there before and swings like this slow, steady swipe coming right at me. I was a little surprised by it, didn't know it was coming. And it says thud on the side of my body and feels as if somebody bumped into me in the hall. Okay. In the hall? As in? Yeah. As in like two people walking past each other in the hall. Somebody actually brushes up against you. Accidentally yeah. bump into each other. Oh, excuse me. Oh, pardon that, me. That inconsequential. Yeah. It was a non-event. Oh, and pardon me. Guys, I don't know that he has the power to take us. If we could just stick with this. Let's end this motherfucker. Language. Yeah, get it. Tell me. Uh, take a roll. What are you doing? It's your turn. Okay, so I'm going to reach up kind of in response and try to rip his arm off. Okay, gross. Um, And I only got a three. You got three successes? Yeah. Okay. Well, I got two successes with a six. Three wins. Um, And only ended up with two successes. Damn, this poor guy. Oh. All right, so I come up. I'm about to do this gruesome dismembering of this thing. And as I pull, his arm seemingly detaches itself. And I'm holding just his arm. And I throw it against the wall. And it breaks in half and falls to the floor useless. Yeah, and all of these, you know, pieces that seem to have been put together for this thing, it just kind of all sloughs off um, onto the floor and falls apart into into all of these random bits um, and is no more. So you, you have defeated the beast. Nice. 
various piles of multicolor hamburger. Yes. Love it. Um, on to the 66th floor. Let's do it. Okay. All right, guys. Let's get this guy. Are you coming out fast or are you coming out stealthy? Speed or stealth? Fast. Fast again. All right. Give me flight or agility, whichever you prefer. I don't like that you keep giving me choices. This is, you're going to make me second guess myself, but I have a style of fighting. <laughs> four. Uh, your boys also rolled four. So um, the doors to the elevator open and the sunlight has filled this room. Everything in here seems to shine like gold and you can see out the desert from, from every direction. You can see the battle raging off. You can see the troops coming up over the, over the dunes from the south um, as, they, uh, as they flank into, into the southern walls of the city. And standing in the middle of the room is a fairly small person, nothing of, of real remark about them, just kind of a, a plain white shirt, some very generic brown pants, short brown hair, no real outstanding features or anything. And they turn and see the three of you burst forth from, from the door or from the door of the elevator. Excuse me. Excuse me. I desperately need to get to the bathroom. Can you tell me where the bathroom is? The the closest bathroom is um uh if, if you go up on 69, go go up on 69. Yeah, you'll need to go back in the elevator and, and go up to the 69th floor. Okay. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty nice bathroom up there. Uh, thank you. Thank you. You work here? Uh I yes. What do you what do you do? Pretty much whatever I want. Okay. Okay. Are you in charge? What are you doing here? I really I just had to run in. I was out on the street and I I just needed to use the restroom. Roll um <laughs> What's the deception skill? Is that I mean when you're when you're telling lies charm? Yeah. Char- yeah, roll charm. It's not command. Just yeah, it's charm. Two, two. Uh, well, I got four and two sixes and <laughs> two more fours, so six successes. This guy turns and looks at you. Well, seeing as you're dressed in the way that you are, and um, that that you match the the description of one of the, the the major leaders of the army that is currently attacking the city i would say do me a favor and shit your pants and this person almost it seems like from from behind them these tendrils of smoke and shadow burst out and there are at least a dozen of these tendrils that shoot out and slam into you, lifting you off the ground. I need you to roll agility or toughness as you decide whether you would like to dodge or resist. Agility. Five. Four, five, six, seven, eight, and a six. And another six. That's nine. That's ten. Damn. So these tendrils slam 
into you, your companions, as well as push and blink. Um, you will take five harm, and it is excruciating. In the corner of your eyes, you see a burst of red feathers, and you see a burst of black feathers, and then you see nothing. And there is complete darkness. But you can feel yourself falling, Typhus. And falling. And falling. And falling. And what seems like a minute. And then two. And then five. And then fifteen. And then you can't count anymore how long you have been falling. Roll willpower, please, King. Six. Your eyes open, and you are staring into a very bright light. And you are paralyzed. You cannot move your head. You cannot seem to move your body. You aren't sure if you're pinned down, if you are. You know, if something is holding you down, you are not sure. Raymond. Yep. Where are you trying to go? You have dashed off from Genie. Are you running after Yega or are you headed somewhere else? Anything bad happens. I want to get away from, you know, the image of his kid. He's just getting away from... From that, try to get his bearings. You're just running randomly through the forest. You have no destination, correct? You're just trying to get away? Going to take off. Yep. Going to take off. Okay. How fast are you moving? As fast as you can? Uh, Three quarters. Roll agility, please. Oh, yes. Okay, let's get some light on the subject. Have my notes out here on King. Come on, baby, hot dice. Hot dice. Give me that agility. Three total. Tell me, you know, where you end up. Where are you headed? Where you, you know what I mean? What As you dash off. All right, dash off and kind of orients himself and heads towards the big moon, hoping to run into the, uh, to the home world. At least be able to catch eyes on the mountaintop. So as he's sprinting, he's going to do some little jumps above the foliage, you know, take a peek around. Does everything smell smell right roll perception five perception there we go that's more like it everything smells off you smell oranges mm. you smell he does love the smell of oranges but that's not from home that is not the smell of home roll willpower for me please oh man something's messing with his head and, you know, Ray has thought what what it'll be like to go through the dimensions again and where he'll end up. He's kind of dealt with this kind of mind screw before. Only two. <laughs> two for willpower? Yep. You know that you like the smell of oranges, but the visuals of the visuals that you're looking for are all there. Right, so so you can see the mountaintop, and you know that you're headed in the right direction, um, or at least, you know, a generic enough direction. You see something um, fly across the light 
of the big moon moving very quickly. Oh, okay. And um, just the dim light of, of the rising as it's happening. um, You can, you can see that that's that shape. Uh, It's not hidden in complete darkness, if that makes sense. And it is, it is also flying off toward the big mountain. I mean, what's the shape man size? Yes. Okay. Ah, man. Mind screw. All right. We're going the same direction, sounds like. He'll he'll track him. Okay. Um through the brush. Are you are you moving fast or are you moving stealth? Are you are you using speed or are you using stealth to track him? How far off is he? Is it a ways? They are probably at least um at least a half a mile ahead of you. Okay. So not within hearing of like footfalls and brush and whatnot. Correct. But if you're but if you're bounding through the forest, you know what I mean? It and you may uh, draw attention, but it just it depends on depends on how you're tracking them. That's that's what I'm trying to get to. So give me a roll. Either agility or covert. Up to you. Raymond's gonna just blaze. And you're just going to see a wave on the jungle top. He's just going to blaze to hell with it. Let's roll all the dice. Oh, let's roll them all. One, two. Okay, rolling two more. Five total. Give me the narration. What are you doing? Where do you end up? How does it happen? This thing's moving at a pretty quick click. And, I mean, Raymond's all messed up in his mind anyways. And he doesn't concern himself with not alarming this individual to his presence. He's almost inviting his presence. And so he just wrecks through the jungle floor. I mean, there's trees he's knocking over and uh, the ruckus gets the attention of the uh, UFO. Okay. You see this person. Person. Stop, turn. Um, and fly back in your direction. Roll perception for me, please. Okay, here we go, baby. These are the hot ones. These are the hot ones. Oh, my God. Four sixes and two fours. You're going to keep rolling them sixes? (laughs) You're just going to call that six good enough? Seven, eight, plus one more. Eight total. I got all the perception. As this person gets closer to you, they are wearing a derby hat, black, with a long, dark coat, gloves, and um, their face is obscured by some kind of mist or smoke. You recognize the sable flying back toward you. This isn't real. He's not in my world. As you have that thought, roll willpower. Oh, man. Come on, baby. One, two, rolling one more. Three, rolling one more. And four, four total. Raymond, you open your eyes. Yes. (laughs) And you are staring up into this very bright light, unable to move. 
You're not sure if you are strapped down or there's some mystic force holding you down, but you can hear a loud hum in your ears. And happy to be there. Well, you as you as Dean Martin Jr. are probably happy to be there. Um, I don't I don't know that any of you can recognize, you know, happiness or any of those things at this point as players, possibly, because you might get some answers. But um, as characters, I don't that's we'll, we'll go from there. Happy. Oh, bro. Mind screws. Well, I'm never going to know. Like, is this real history? Matt, I wasn't sure. Is this where King comes from? Like, or is this just some fucking imaginary dreamscape? Dude, those smoke tentacles are the same thing that knocked Raymond into another universe. Same magic. Is it? That's that's what did it to him. Oh, Lord. Pretty twisted. Dude, this game is so much fucking fun. I love how quick Shadow was to it. I was like, oh, that's beautiful. Oh, that was epic. Well, I feel like character-wise, uh, he's in this game. He's Alabaster. I think he like he would just immediately notice if Ashtray Bobby didn't re- react to being stared in the mouth. Like, that. that was enough. Yeah, it was great. Besides the fact that, why are these people sitting together? But yeah. Yeah, exactly. Shadow would be quick to it. He was. I'm still tripping about fucking Berenstain and my mom. Yeah, Dude, that's up? gross. What the shit? He getting that good, good. So. <laughs> oh, dude. 60, that 69th floor, baby. <laughs> 69th floor, baby. Going down on the shaft with that good, good. Now, if I'd seen, if I'd seen Joe Berenstain and my mom on the 69th floor, shit would have got sideways real quick. Well, that was uh, that was Typhus King, though, right? If Typhus would have recognized Typhus's mom and Joseph Bernstein on the 69th floor, yeah, there would have been there really would have been some shit. <laughs> that, that would have been fucked up. <laughs> that would have been crazy, dude. What's wrong with your head? Why is Bernstein at your house? Yeah, seriously, what in the shit? That's not okay. But he was rocking that land, yep. <laughs> yeah, rocking. proud of it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's that it's that little extra. Renaissance City is a Prowlers and Paragons Ultimate Edition actual play produced by TTRP Theater. Jazz Abramowitz is Demon Shade. Chris Freedom is King and Cotton Dearborn. Dean Martin Jr. is the Scarlet Spartan, and I am Duke Walter, your Game Master. Thank you to the generosity of our Patreon supporters, T-Dorf67, Kamui, Adam Lake, Elira, Matthias Olson, Izzy Skirmish, Mr. Cultist, David Hagberg, M. Lemodi, and Jess Rogers. If you would like to join as a producer, please search TTRP Theater on Patreon. We are at Ren City Pod, R E N C I T Y P O D, on Twitter. Also, make sure to check out and follow at TTRP Theater on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to leave a review of our podcast as this helps to get the word out about our game. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time for more Renaissance City. <laughs> <laughs>